Hello and welcome to Lawrence Fork in Kansas, the podcast about the people and the stories behind the local food you love. I'm Jake. And I'm Kristen. And today we're interviewing owners Ben Farmer and Joni Alexander Farmer from Alchemy. Today we're talking with owners Ben Farmer and Joni Alexander Farmer of Alchemy. Joni and Ben, welcome to the show. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those of you who maybe don't know, Alchemy is a really amazing coffee shop um, and bakehouse located right in downtown Lawrence. Um, they've been around for a while, since 2013 originally, and they've got a whole lineup of amazing coffee and baked goods, and it's a very cute space. Yeah, so guys, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are, are you guys from Lawrence originally? Or? Um, no, I grew up um, out in the country, went to DeSoto actually, mm-hmm. graduated from there, uh, came to KU uh, with Lawrence and started going to KU um, and then kind of bounced around. Um, I ended up getting a degree here in archaeology, mm-hmm. um, did that for a little bit, but uh, was uh, traveling quite a bit modeling and so that allowed me to travel all over the world really for um gosh, like 15 years, which was really fantastic. That's kind of why I got into it, because I wanted to travel. Um, I didn't have any money, and that was the best way to go about it. (laughs) Um, So I was lucky to do that. Um, It was difficult, but I did that. And then ended up moving back here um, after I had my daughter, and then met this guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, alchemy happened. That was in 2013. And then alchemy happened uh, right then, too. So (laughs) it all seemed to fall into place really quickly. And then how did you get, how did you find your way to Lawrence? Oh, gosh. Uh, see here. Yeah, I grew up in Spring Hill, Kansas. Um, not far from here either. Um, kind of the similar country style upbringing, throwing hay in the summers and doing all the Kansas <laughs> stuff. Um, and then I moved here in 2007 for school. Um, and Lawrence just instantly felt like home. And um, yeah, I went to school here for five years on and off and worked a ton of different odd jobs, all sorts of things happened in between there. Um, had my son in 2011 and mm-hmm. then, yeah, started Alchemy in 2013 and met Joni later that year and mm-hmm. the rest is kind of history there too. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what kind of made you guys say, all right, you know, what made you say, all right, I'm going to start Alchemy or you're going to go into business together. It's a big jump, obviously. First meet. Well, that's, it's twofold really because he originally started Alchemy. Yeah. yeah. I, I just started, um, I was really just trying to create a job for myself, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was, I'd been working in Kansas city and doing the K 10 commute for a few years there. And, um, yeah, I wanted to find something here in Lawrence, but was struggling to find something. And in the meantime, um, kind of stumbled into, into specialty coffee and mm-hmm. recognized that there wasn't really anybody. I mean, there was a couple people kind of dabbling here. I mm-hmm. think the pig was kind of doing pour overs and stuff, but right. there wasn't really any third wave style shops here yet. And, um, anyway, when I saw that opportunity, it was about the same time I saw a need for a shop there at the corner of 19th and mass. Mm-hmm. And the place had just come, well, I think it had been up for lease for a while, mm-hmm. but uh, um, it was up for lease and uh, yeah, it all, it all kind of just fell together and, uh, you know, just started out as a little pour over and, and tea shop. That's about all I knew. And that's, that's what I was going to do. And um, did that and was looking for, you know, to bring in more things, of course. And, mm-hmm. and that's when I started working with a couple of different bakers here and there and talking to different people and, and about, I think it was, 
Well, it was September, September that we met. Yeah. So about six months in is when Joni and I met. And then, you know, of course, we're talking about the business and the shop and everything that's happening. And she's talking about how she always wanted to be a baker and always mm-hmm. wanted to have a little coffee shop on the beach right. is my only yeah. caveat yeah. <laughs> here and here are. we are landlocked yeah. but um it's a great little town to raise little tiny kids yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so and i do and we both have fond love here i mean lawrence is yeah. ah, so special mm-hmm. yeah. so but yeah when we met then he was like oh i'm looking for because i had always wanted a coffee shop and so when a girlfriend of mine was like i was like who's that guy he keeps looking at me <laughs> and she's like, oh, he owns Alchemy. And I was like, no way. That's that new coffee shop on a 19th. And that was the only place I'd been going when I moved back all because right. I didn't, I knew so many people downtown. I didn't really want to run into everybody mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. yeah. while I was kind of transitioning back into town. Um, so I had been over to the tiny shop. Mm-hmm. And then that was the perfect excuse to talk to him. <laughs> and he's easy to look at. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, then he was lamenting like, oh, I have these cookies and I like them, but they're always broken by the time I get them. They're coming from Kansas City and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then on all my travels, I had taught myself how to cook and uh, baking and cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was like, I didn't do this thing. Do you want to try a little something? I don't know. And I think I made, gosh, what were they? It Muffins. was like, no, it was turnovers. Oh. It was nice. almond pear turnovers. Oh, with well, I was thinking of the first Look, order. Sorry. I do remember. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was remember remembering the invoice in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then I was like, well, look at these. He came over early in the morning, grabbed a bag of them, took them to the shop, and then they started selling. And he was like, what else can you do? And I was like, well, I don't know. Let's see. I've got a bunch of stuff. So, And then it really did take off from there. At what point did I mean? I assume the the shop didn't have a bake like ovens or anything like that. When no you kitchen. First, no kitchen at all, right? So it was what, the office where the kitchen uh, was. Okay. Was the yeah. office? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, for those who are listening who haven't seen, I mean, the space you had in, at uh, the corner of Nineteenth and Mass. I mean, that that spot was. I, I don't know Tiny. how you guys did so much in there, and I'm always like, how did they do so? How yeah, did they do so much in there? It does kind of feel like a bragging right whenever I get to tell people like mm-hmm. 400 square feet. That was a lobby, backstock, bar, kitchen everything yeah we just went vertical yeah Yeah. which is in our shop now we have all this open space it's very you know long but i'm like missing all the shelves going up Mm. i'm so trained to tetris things that way (laughs) but um so when did you add like all the other you know yeah yeah, was that pretty soon it was like within a few months yeah Yeah. we were you know it, it started doing well really quick and we were like we kind of we were just sitting around brainstorming one night like mm-hmm. that's pretty much what we always do but yeah. <laughs> still do but um, brainstorming and we just had the idea for putting the bakery in there and cutting the hole in the wall and just having it it just Be like made so much sense and mm-hmm. we pretty much jumped well, on well and like at the time nobody I mean as far as I was aware and so I apologies if somebody was and I'm not aware of it but it didn't seem like that was really happening like the third wave coffee shop with like the open kitchen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where you could go over and talk to the chef and Mm -hmm. like watch them making stuff and literally have something sliced and handed to you over a counter like that did not exist you know and I felt I mean as we all do now because it's this huge wave happening now where people Mm -hmm. are starving for like just quality ingredients actually talking to somebody not this like you know cash cow Starbucks where you're just moving them through as fast as possible but like really seeing where your food is coming from and how much like the chef cares about where they're getting the ingredients and how much time and effort they put into it. And that's also why you're paying these prices. It's all mm-hmm. connected, this community feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we were really tapping into that. I mean, that's what his whole coffee shop to begin with really was about. It was kind of just building a human 
connection again. And not that you have to sit there and talk all the time, but you're not afraid to be talked to <laughs> or, you know, to actually have service. It was really fun. I mean, it was like one of the most fun times for me was opening mm. that because then it was like, I am here and come and talk to me. And then quickly I was like, stop talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're busy. Lots of drink while yeah. you're talking to me. And timers are going off and I'm like, I just stop talking. You know? <laughs> but um, so it was, it was, oh man, it's been a, it's been a ride. That's for sure. Yeah. And then Ben, how did you, I mean, so it doesn't sound like, you know, were you, were you into coffee already? I mean, you obviously saw the need for it, but did you know much about, you know, all the third wave, you know, doing pour overs or the different styles? Yeah, like or? how did you learn? Yeah. <laughs> um, at the time I didn't have a whole lot of resources. I had one good friend that, well, he was a more of acquaintance, I guess I should say. I, he was my insurance agent for a moment and he went <laughs> back to coffee. He had been in coffee and he was dabbling in insurance. And anyway, it was a weird connection, but, um, he was kind of my initial source. I basically, I was, I was working a job that I had to be up at 4am for, and, um, my perfectionist nature, I, you know, I was like, I need coffee. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out how to make perfect coffee Mm -hmm. well and like gas station coffee is not cutting it that was pretty much it right it was like mcdonald's or gas station coffee for you that was the only options and yeah Yeah. 4 a.m so it's like okay i gotta do it myself and (laughs) it's gotta be perfect so um so yeah i hit him up and he was like okay well you need to buy this that and the other and told me what pour over set up to buy and all this stuff and i got it and um played around with it for a couple of weeks and i think basically you know i had one of those big light bulb moments where coffee all of a sudden changed when i I got a Ethiopian natural coffee and mm. you know, they're super fruity mm-hmm. and this one was like super blueberry. And the first time I drank it and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> and then that's when the coffee completely changed. And that's yeah. when the gears started turning. I was going, you know, no, I haven't experienced this anywhere. Surely, you know, and from yeah. there it was just I actually spent, Oh gosh, I don't know how many pounds and how many hours and months and months and months before just trying to perfect my pour over mm-hmm. before we opened um, or before I opened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, yeah, that was most of my coffee burger. I didn't go to school for it or anything. Pretty much everything we've done, we've just picked up, tried to perfect as much as we could and then moved on to the next thing. So that's, you know, here we are now with all these offerings and nitro coffee mm-hmm. and espresso and I'm talking specifically about the bar, but obviously the kitchen has done the same thing. Um, and it's been the same method. You know, we've just picked up something, worked on it for a year, six months or however long it's taken and, and moved on to the next thing. So, yeah. And then come back and yeah, tweak it right. and tweak it and yeah, tweak it them, and yeah. then let it ride. That, and that's kind of <laughs> where the bar has been at for like the last year, really. Like we haven't put on a whole lot of new things. We're kind of doing just about everything you can anyway. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I mean, today I was down rebuilding the tap system, doing new stuff with it. So, yeah, and, you know, along the road there's been roasting school and um, I've been to multiple, you know, uh, K-State production schools and stuff like that for safety food safety handling and all that stuff with our wholesale packaging Mm -hmm. and everything else that's going on so well and all the technical stuff like figuring out does it have like the ph levels of stuff and how does you know can you can it can you not what are the rules Mm. Uh, canning coffee is a brand new game kind of but when he started doing it it was totally new so there's not a lot of fda rules necessarily and like what does this mean and you know, we don't want botulism, so we have to go through, you know, okay, so he's done How do you get all. a distributor? Right. What does yeah, a distributor do? That was do? a big one. What does the retailers do? You know, all, yeah, all that stuff. How do we 
how do we work this deal without sounding like we don't know what the hell we're talking about? <laughs> we know everything and not at all, but we're just looking for a shot. Yep. You know, it's yeah. one of those, like, just give us a shot. So kind of along the same line, um, let's talk a little bit about your cold brew because that's a huge part of your business. It's kind of an alchemy stable at this point. Um, is there a specific bean that you use for your cold brew? Yeah. Um, well, right now we've we've actually switched to a blend, but mm-hmm. um, it's our space-time blend. We're actually running on espresso as well, so oh, nice. you can come in and try it either way if you wanted to. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, for years, um, I just stuck to an Ethiopian natural, and I actually bought from the same co-op for three years in a row or maybe even four years in a row. Mm. Um, and it's just been recently that we've been kind of branching out and trying some different stuff, but I've tried to keep it to a similar taste profile, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you will. Did, in the beginning, you didn't roast your own coffee in the beginning or did you? No, no. for the first, um, yeah, I guess it was the first two years. I guess we've had the roaster for like four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty quick. We got that. Yeah. Cause we saw that the need for that was just, super organic because we're moving so much product yeah at some and point yeah you know and then you start looking at numbers going hmm how many thousands of dollars are we spending for yeah. this other person to roast it and like this makes sense you're doing coffee you should you know yeah, be yeah. touching it completely then it's completely yours you know mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah we, we're getting up to the point where we're buying like 250 pounds a week of one coffee wow. <laughs> <laughs> just for the cold brew so wow. yeah it didn't make sense but um and that's kind of you know initially with roasting we we just roasted the cold brew only for the first three years that we roasted two years. Um, it's all blurring together, but yeah. because it didn't make sense because we were only, right. you know, using five or 10 pounds of the other coffees a week for our bar. And, but yeah, and then this last year I had some good talent come my way and hmm. that's, has allowed us to expand our roasting program. So Cool. And the, the process of making cold brew, I mean, in the old shop at 19th and Mass, you had your cool like apparatus on the wall there, and it's still there at the um, shop downtown. So can you talk a little bit about like how that works for people that might not know how cold brew is made? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a cold brew drip system, um, quite a bit different from the more traditional way of making cold brew or toddy, as it was known before, was that actually toddy brew system which is a full immersion system mm-hmm. um so to put it in a more common term uh, toddy would be like french press and cold brew drip would be like a, a brew like a coffee brewer right. mm-hmm. um so the main difference though as far as quality goes um with the toddy system you're doing a full immersion so the only liquid that is brewing is the part that comes in contact with the actual coffee itself. So mm-hmm. imagine like a tea bag when you, you know, you let the tea bag sit in there and then you pull it up and then all the stuff that's actually brewed kind of comes out of the right. tea bag mm-hmm. and mixes with the rest of the water. Um, as opposed to with a drip system, every bit of water that goes through the, the drip tower actually comes in contact with the coffee. So, gotcha. so you get more even extraction. Um, I, I have get, a question. Are toddies, I don't know this because I used to work in as a barista too another, you know, a million years ago and we always had toddy and I didn't really know how it was made, but do they always have it in bags? Like you would bet like a huge bag, like a tea bag, the coffee, no. or it's, isn't it ground up and just like thrown into a bin and then they submerge it in water? Is that wrong? Uh, well, I think, like well, there's a lot toddy? of ways to do there it. Is. I mean, you can treat it like a, t- yeah, you can put it in a paper bag and put it in a bucket or okay. the actual toddy brew system has like a, a cone that goes down inside the bucket and then it has a paper filter inside of that. 
And so you put your grinds down in that, and then you just pull the cone out. And Got it, it. Like, sifts out. So in theory, like, all the coffee grounds on the outside are the ones really getting extracted versus the stuff on the inside not as much? Well, it's not so much about the grounds. It's the, the water. Okay. So the water, the brew water that you put in there, the only part that's actually brewing is the part that's in contact with the grounds. Mm-hmm. So like all the water around mm-hmm. the cone or the bag or whatever is not actually coming in contact with them. Unless, you, of course, you agitate or stir right. or something mm-hmm. like that. But, but normally, yeah, people just but set normally, it and put yeah. it Forget away. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's not that you can't make good right. cold brew with toddy system, but... Right. Um, but I think the drip system is just more foolproof. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's just kind of set it and walk. So it's almost like you're filtering the water through coffee. And then you are yeah. at the end of it. You're instead of getting clean water, you get coffee water. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's actually a lot of layers to that. But, but it's, and it's a long process too. It's about 11 hours to get for us, right? To for get, a drip system. Yeah. Right. But that's also about how much time you need for a toddy system too. So, okay. Yeah. And is that how you do the cold brew for like production too? For what you what gets distributed out? Yeah, that's a great question because actually <laughs> when we were, when it came time to scale, um, it was like okay, yeah, what is the next step? Because obviously, you know, you could go buy a one gallon drip tower online, but nobody was offering a, a forty gallon drip system or any sort of production volume system. Um, and at the time, really, when I was starting to scale things, there wasn't even like a large full immersion system either um mm-hmm. now there is a few out there um, um but anyway yeah so uh when it came time to scale it was time to figure oh. it out and spent i think it spent almost nine months it was a while designing it and trying and failing and trying and failing and um, figured like 200 ways not to do it mm-hmm. um but yeah no it ended up ended up figuring out um it's basically just a giant version of the towers it's Hmm. it's a 40 gallon batch so it's got a big uh it's like a 50 gallon kettle okay um and then i put a false bottom in there put the coffee in there and then i built uh we we call it the shower head but because it looks like a giant shower head it's um you know 50 gallon kettle size lid and then i actually um you're not giving away too many secrets, are you? No, because no. Starbucks is clearly this. <laughs> 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 Let's be they'll just, honest. They'll just go intro. buy a, okay. a $20,000 glycol chilled system. They'll be fine. Right. Um, <laughs> Damn them. But I, but I did this for less than a couple thousand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, shower head type system. Anyway, it's, it's just yep. a giant version of our towers, and it works awesome. Wow. We can brew yeah. 40 gallons in like four and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. That's oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. And it comes out, and I can't really tell the difference. We spent a lot of time trying to make yeah. it taste like the old stuff, and it yeah. works great. So. Wow. Hmm. That's fascinating. And then where do you do that? Do you do that at your shop, or do you have another place that you do this more? Yeah, no, all the production. Um, so we've been sharing a space with Kombucha up in North Lawrence oh, okay. for okay. Well, since, I think it was 2014. It was right mm-hmm. after we opened the bakery. I started working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, well, that's where we've been doing all our cold brew production mm-hmm. and then subsequently our roasting. We do have towers still in the downtown yes. shop, right. so, yeah. and that feeds the shop, obviously. But yeah. they, oh, basically, they run out, don't they? Yeah, I can, yeah. Only, I can only do five gallons a day with those, and during the summer we're going through like 15 to 20. I bet. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then our wholesale production, obviously. So during the summer we've been doing uh, like three to 400 gallons a week. Wow. <laughs> of concentrate. So wow. that breaks out to six or 700 gallons of... Like, Ready to drink. Yeah, yeah. finished product. Right. 
And how do you go about for, I know you say you have a lot of cool flavors out there. You guys just added a couple uh, new flavors too, right? Uh, how do you flavor the cold brew? How, how does that come about? Yeah. And surprisingly, we've been one of the few to do it. I, yeah. I, you don't see that. No. Very frequently. But yeah. it's so good. I yeah. understand. Yeah. I started doing it kind of right out right off the bat. Um, the guy that helped me develop the nitro was like, hey, we should throw some vanilla beans or orange peels or... Mm whatever anyway we started going from there and i've been surprised we've been doing it for like five years and i thought some other people would start doing it but nobody's really doing um people are doing it but they're doing it with like different they're doing it in less organic ways we really do it real clean the last Mm -hmm. year it started coming along we do it clean so you do you end up putting in like if you did a Blue, like your blueberry one, I remember that, man. Is it blueberries in there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the blueberry is blueberry juice concentrate. Yeah. Um, nice. Minimal. I've tried to, I've always tried to make them balanced where yeah. it's not like, oh, now it tastes like blueberry juice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. More so where it's like, it, it's coffee that tastes like blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, all the, all the flavorings are either... The only ones that we use actual juice concentrates on are the blueberry and the strawberry, mm-hmm. but um, like the vanilla and the orange and all those were always whole ingredients. So. Yeah. yeah. I remember what first, I remember one of the first times I think I went, went to you guys was when I saw some article about how you were doing when you flavored it, you did the hops, you know, you did the mm-hmm. hops and the nitro and all that and that flavor. I'm like, well, that sounds wild. Like, you know, yeah. I'm like, I, <laughs> I got to try it. And I'm like, yeah, it was so good. But yeah, yeah. you're right. It was back then. It was definitely uh a very like, new thing. Yeah, very new. Frontier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even, yeah, the nitro. I mean, even that, you were kind of on the forefront of nitro, too, it seems like. At least in yeah. our awareness. Yeah. Least, yeah. Yeah. 100% well, um, you were. Yeah. 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 I think um, the only other one that I knew that was doing it when I started was Cuvée down in Austin. That, they're the ones I actually saw. I give them the credit for <laughs> exposing me to it. A yeah. friend of mine brought me a YouTube video, basically, and was like, hey, you got to try this. And we're like, yes, let's figure this out. But... Um, them and then I think Stumptown might have been doing it. Might have mm-hmm. been West Coast. Doing, yeah. I remember you mentioning yeah. that, but the, it Portland. was like a yeah. Yeah. yeah out here. It was definitely not a right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to get people to try it too. You know, or like it is a interesting flavor. Mm-hmm. It takes a second. You know, and so it's like really pretty to look at. You see it cascading. It has like this. Mm-hmm. You know beer sensation just like the it. starbucks commercials that play every day now yeah that's what i'm like don't say too much they're listening <laughs> they're that's crazy i mean so how did you i mean did you so you saw it and then you just figured out how to do it i, I mean cause i imagine there weren't a whole lot of resources that were i mean i guess it's is it similar to kind of how beer is infused with nitro or um i i guess so there was a lot of there was some overlap there mm-hmm. but um a lot of you know guess and check and yeah figuring it out and all like that. months of trial and error yeah. and then him going back with that guy really? you were doing and you guys trying it and going ah oh, it's not right okay let's do that and then it takes time to set and all that so yeah. it just went on it really took actually like a year or two to really get a consistent yeah. product and even then we've just we're still like refining our processing trying to make it as consistent as possible so right. there's like gremlins in it like things that you know, <laughs> it's just like, i don't even understand why that's not working like it's worked the last five thousand times and this time it didn't work but yeah. i'm just i'm sure i'm just impressed by the you know the amount of production and just how much you it sounds like you, you're just kind of figuring it out on your own and, and doing it i'm Seems like pretty handy in general, it seems like, by, by being able to kind of make your own tanks and things like that or kind of construct stuff. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of – well, I, I do have to 
Tom, she was saying the guy that was helping me, Tom, Tom. Bastian. Yeah. Um, okay. Tom Bastian. He's he's moved to Delaware. He actually works, I believe, for Dogfish Head now. He wasn't well, working right. for any beer companies at the time. He's right. a home brewer, but um, but yeah, he kind of helped me uh, figure out how to use ball lock kegs and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, as far as the brew systems and you know a lot of the build out in the original shop and the warehouse and all these other things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Luckily, I like to do stuff like that. So. <laughs> Works out. Yeah. Well, and you kind of know you're on the right path when nobody's making it, nobody like building it. There is no, you know, contraption you can buy online for mm-hmm. even 10k that will right. help you do it. It's like that's when you know you're onto something. And then it really is. We've talked about it so many times and laughed, like how old school it is. Like Ford, you know, like <laughs> nobody's doing this. We don't have machines that can make it. I have a vision. I understand the process. So now I've got to weld things together right. and figure mm-hmm. out a way that'll function predictably. Right. And, uh, I mean, that's definitely something that we're good at and hands down would have not, not have the success that we would have, we have now Mm -hmm. had we not naturally been kind of wired that way. You know what I mean? Like it's a different, it's a certain kind of person too, that you look at something and not only do you see solutions, but you figure out the path to the solution. Mm -hmm. That's, I see where a lot of people stop as they, even if they think enough to think of the solution they probably won't follow through with mm-hmm. chasing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're both kind of obviously yeah. wired to chase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. Awesome. Where did the name Alchemy come from? Um, That's Ben. Flash of lightning in the ether. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I spent several weeks trying to think of a name for the shop, and I won't even mention some of the ones I like semi-settled on. Do it, do uh, it, do no. it. Please, so great. No, I can't. Oh I my can't. God. They're terrible. Goldfish. Um, and I, I felt like they were Blue terrible. Blue <laughs> I felt like they were terrible at the time, too, and I didn't even want to say them out loud. But, um, and no, I, it really came down to, I, I was just got super frustrated. I was like, what am I trying? you know what am I trying to do mm-hmm. in this place and what is this place and what is what am I making there and all those other things and um, and just thinking about you know how it was coffee brewing and well food and just any organic substance you know you can only control it so much mm-hmm. um, and so yeah the coffee brewing and everything was there's like a science to it but there's a little bit of magic yeah it kind of <laughs> yeah. in a way you know like it's, it they put it all together and it sparks magic. life but they don't know why it sparks life <laughs> right. they just know if you put it together it does you exactly. know exactly just so, like yeah there's always a little bit of a lack of understanding with whatever whenever you're working with it so anyway um alchemy just came to me because you know it was a proto-science it wasn't a true mm-hmm. um scientific process it was precursor to chemistry so yeah um so all of that just clicked perfectly and, yeah and on top of that yeah of course it had a cool ring to it so right and so we talked a little bit about so go more into some of the the pay, like the bakehouse side of it um, the kitchen yeah yes. the kitchen and all that so yes, let's do it. so i mean so like you said in the beginning so it just started with you know hey we we see a neat, he, you know, kind of paired up well for you guys to, you know, start baking stuff. But then, you know, what was that experience like to, you know, say, all right, we're going to do this one thing and then, all right, let's keep trying new things. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's very much your attitude already. Mm-hmm. We can, I can tell it's just, all right, make this. All right, that's doing well. Okay, let's keep. What's move. next? What's next? What's, What's next? next? So, so yeah. how'd that develop? I mean, over time, because I mean, yeah, I mean, think by, by the time we had first gone there, you guys had probably been doing it for yeah, a couple Yeah, I had of at years. least like the, like, you know, a sweet 
bread, like zucchini bread and stuff like that. And right, um, right. cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls, wow. Lunch. And donuts. We think are yeah. the best in town. Oh, we'll go on record saying that. <laughs> no, I'm one. really trying hard. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so how'd that, yeah. I mean, how'd you, how's, what's that learning process like? Because I mean, I imagine, you know, you, like you said, you made stuff at home, but. Right. You know. How do you um, take that to the next you know, <laughs> right. level? Yeah. yeah. How do you produce more? And yeah. like, how do you know that it's like, well, this is good if you make it at home versus like, I can sell this. This is mm-hmm. professional. This is like next level kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Well, for years, just to preface everything, I had been learning just how to cook and by watching other chefs mm-hmm. and then by traveling out of the country. I mean, this is back when most people couldn't afford cell phones and stuff. So I'd show up in like Italy and there'd be like, th- if we had a TV, there was like three channels mm-hmm. and you couldn't follow any of it. But every once in a while, there might be somebody cooking and this was back when like food tv was really i think really fantastic Mm -hmm. it had just chefs cooking it wasn't all these competition shows and reality things that i don't watch any of i mean i don't watch any of it but i learned so much and that's definitely how my brain functions i can read something and process and do it but if i can watch somebody it's really in there Mm -hmm. um so i just learned basic stuff um for a long time and then um you know like how do you get garlic out of its shell things like that i did i didn't Mm -hmm. i wasn't raised in a kitchen they were it was like the 90s it was fast food and Mm -hmm. you know all this terrible stuff so i learned all these things and then it became when i was traveling also like i'm really wanting banana bread or like chocolate cake (laughs) and i can't find it anywhere and nobody speaks English and I'm too like I have social anxiety so like I just won't even ask I'll just starve you know and um, so I started going through and creating recipes and because back then too the internet wasn't easily available you had to go to internet cafes and stuff so Mm -hmm. it was a lot of like trial by fire just getting books and reading recipes and then kind of putting things together and then and seeing the results you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's it it really is baking in particular is very scientific like if something is off if an ingredient is off or forgotten you will know and you Mm -hmm. won't ever forget it (laughs) because you've done all this work and then it doesn't work out um where cooking is a lot more fluid it's so Mm -hmm. you can to some degree you can kind of adapt as you go Yeah. yeah um But so by the time I met Ben, I had been doing, I mean, that was like really a passion of mine that Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I had because I wasn't in a kitchen. And Mm -hmm. so I was in my mid twenties when I discovered that I really actually love cooking Mm -hmm. and baking. And then I just started making so much of it that I was feeding the apartments in different places (laughs) I was, which was interesting, like in New York where they want to shoot you because you're offering them food. Like they assume (laughs) that it's poisoned, you know? (laughs) So so it was uh, constantly this interesting experience. But by the time I met Ben, I had like kind of a backlog of stuff I really love to make and stuff mm-hmm. I've been making and the sweetbreads were mm-hmm. my first thing that I always craved just growing like as mm-hmm. a little girl I love banana bread mm-hmm. with like cold butter on it I don't know why but I love it mm-hmm. and zucchini breads and all that so then it you know begot a bunch of different versions mm-hmm. really good pumpkin bread mm-hmm. um, I feel like for years I would get pumpkin bread but it didn't taste like pumpkin really or it was like spongy or all these things and then now I can connect well if it's spongy it's this and you know you need to add more of this spice or whatever and so um, a lot of it was like kind of tapping into how I the recipes I developed initially were just tapping into things I always wanted and then when I met Ben, it was like, hey, I've got these great things. And, and it, there was already like maybe 10 things in play, different kinds of muffins. We had the sweetbreads, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And um, started with that. And then 
then it, then it begins with Ben hounding me, like, when are you going to do a breakfast sandwich? <laughs> and I'm like, never. How about that? When it's you were asking what the process happen. was, I was like, this when is I the get process. hungry? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, hey, babe, I think you'd be really good if you... And I'm like, I'm not doing it. That's stupid. Seven I'm not rolls, doing it. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not doing... Nobody... No. Biscuits nobody and gravy. Say, I'm not doing biscuits or gravy ever. <laughs> Donuts. And then it sits in there. And then I start going, well, okay. And really, I think, if I'm getting... If I'm going to make it, it has to be something I want to eat. Mm-hmm. So what kind of biscuit would I want to eat? And then thus begins the process. And then I'm a research hound. Mm-hmm. So then now it's so easy. You can go online. I can look at all these recipes. I know how all the pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can combine things, get different reactions that I want. Then I have my own recipe. And then even from that point, by the time I'm selling it, I'm pretty happy with it. Most people will probably think it's good. But I will continue to tweak a recipe mm-hmm. for months. And then I'll finally say, this is great, drop it, train it, let it go. And then I'll still come back to it in a year and keep playing with it. <laughs> and then a it's year. like, don't touch it. Yeah. yeah, there's been a couple things I've gotten mad about recently. <laughs> Stop messing with it. I'm like, it's so much better. Don't change my pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's better. But yeah, so, you know, so to, it, it, was, it was a huge learning, a couple it was a huge learning curve when we opened the shop um, mm-hmm. on my part and on his. I mean, he had already done it because he had opened the shop. But for me, it was having that window, people talking to me while I'm trying to manage and look like I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and make sure that the product isn't bad, um, like getting burned or anything like that. Yeah. So that was really hard to manage. Um, but then I got good at that. It just takes time. Yeah. And so I adapted and was able to kind of navigate that. And um, then, I mean... Just building the menu. That's been my biggest challenge this year. Yeah, you guys have shop. expanded a lot. You have all yeah. sorts of, you know, more savory options for breakfast, like brunch type of stuff. Um, how did you, I mean, decide to do that? Was Ben hungry or did you just decide you wanted to <laughs> yeah, expand for, like, or like yeah. meals? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, when we designed the kitchen, because Ben and I designed everything in the shop. Mm-hmm. So we had a little bit of like, you know, nudging help. Like we had this great architect we worked with and he was like, here's like a good layout. And of course we kind of went with the basic thing, but we tweaked it a lot of how we wanted. And so we built the kitchen um, kind of with this mindset I did. It's totally on me that I was, he was like, we're going to get a flat top. I'm like, we're not putting a flat top in my mm-hmm. kitchen. I'm not going to turn into like a back sh- I'm not like a line cook. Mm-hmm. Stop with all of this. I don't want to do. I don't want to do breakfast. All this other stuff. We opened the shop, and it just it just screamed for it. Like people wanted it. We had enough people coming in, um, and it was just it was just like the logical next step. And so, really, this whole past year has been me building like a really solid breakfast menu and brunch and lunch. And that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing now is like just steady food all the way. And we start killing off uh, the warm stuff around one or two o'clock. Um, the hot stuff coming mm-hmm. off the flat top just so we can get to all the other things that we do. <laughs> um, but that was really hard. I, I, it definitely was like a character building time for me, a lot of insecurity and wanting to be good. And see, it's like everything that we do. But like we see the vision, we see where we want to go and you have no idea how to get there. And I don't want to make the same food that everybody else in town is making. Mm-hmm. And our whole brand is built off of simple, clean ingredients and being different, but gourmet, like mm-hmm. offering the gourmet version of pancakes and eggs and whatever. Mm-hmm. What does that even look like? I've never used a flat top, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. how do I fry an egg on a flat top? You know, <laughs> here we go, <laughs> stick some oil on it. I'm going to crack an egg and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's how I've taught myself with everything, you know? And so the thing I've realized about myself is that if I'm intimidated by it or scared, 
buy it, I should do it because mm-hmm. that's really the next ceiling I need to break through. Croissant is one thing I'm on right now. And oh. that's like, I've mm. been kind of intimidated. Like, eh, I don't have that much time. I don't care enough. Blah, 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 blah. All these years. And then like a month ago, I was like, I'm going to do croissant. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to get all this butter. I'm going to get all these doughs. I'm going to roll it out and laminate stuff. And, um, wow. and it's hard. Wow. It is definitely hard, but yeah. um, it's fun. Yeah. So the quick, the quick stuff was was what I wanted to begin with, which is the cupcakes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, as I've gone on, I want those things that you really have to hone your skill. Not like the bagels we do. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I chased those bagels for like six months, you know, really and just perfecting them. Mm -hmm. And then trying to train that is a whole new ball game after that. (laughs) So yeah, it's one thing to teach yourself, but then to be able to translate that to other people. Yeah. can be really difficult. Yeah. So I'm I'm noticing in myself these longer term things that I really longer term does that I'm really enjoying, um, and I think again it's a natural evolution. Like if you're growing, you're gonna, you know, keep going to the more complicated stuff. I think mm-hmm. where a lot of people don't go, and that's yeah. why you're the professional. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Ben and I will go back and forth. I mean, sometimes I'll make something be like, oh, I'm so jazzed. You got to try this, babe. He takes a bite and he's like, meh. Mm. Or he's like, oh, I can use more of this. I'm immediately annoyed. I'm like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Give me my food back. I'm doing it how I want. Kind of one of those things. This is a two-way street. <laughs> <laughs> but then he'll bring me the cold brew, you know, or like the new, when they were uh, experimenting with the blueberry mm-hmm. um, cold brew and the strawberry vanilla. I was like, mm, don't like that. Mm-mm, this is what I don't like. And I can name all these things. And he, he, I remember him standing there one day and I was like, and I go, you know, I wouldn't buy this. And he goes, damn, babe, that's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. I can just be really cutthroat when it comes down to like food critique or, you yeah, know, like, cause yeah. this is what we do, you know? Right. Awesome. But you then perfected it and now he's bottling it. <laughs> <laughs> And I think something you're more recently experimenting or going to be putting out is you know, loaves of bread too, right? Because like of, yeah. of, um, what kinds of bread will you be? Right. So um, brioche yeah. and um, let's see, we have a really good whole wheat mm-hmm. uh, bread. I can do right now for most of the stuff that we use it for the plates. It's an, what mm-hmm. I consider like an everything mm-hmm. whole wheat. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of different seasonings in it. Mm-hmm. But you can get that totally clean too yeah. and just get a simple whole wheat. Um, I don't like whole wheat at all, but mm-hmm. this, um, and that's how a lot of stuff is for me. I'm not a big cinnamon roll fan, but if I'm going to do it, this is the <laughs> kind that I would like. Mm-hmm. Same thing with that wheat bread. Mm-hmm. It's nice and light, um, mm-hmm. but it has a good base on it. I use the everything wheat bread for our salmon toast mm-hmm. with the poached eggs and stuff. And it's fantastic. It's, it's got enough character that holds a, you know, holds the structure cause it's kind of a taller dish. Mm-hmm. So it holds it really well, but it's still nice and light. Um, but cleaner, not just not just white flour, and you know you're actually getting a little bit of a healthier boost from it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the whole point of an avocado toast, I suppose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that it was organic too. We've been making all these, and of course the sweet breads, you know, yep. banana and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We've been making all that stuff forever, and I never thought of really, hey, we should sell like a whole loaf. And then you mentioned that a couple been a couple weeks ago. You were like, somebody was asking if we had them. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, God, I never, I mean, I'm thinking about everything else and the Mm -hmm. weddings I'm catering and all this and all that and training. Like I I didn't think we should point out that you can buy a loaf of bread, you know? (laughs) And of course we bake them off every day, you know? That's actually how bottling started at the old shop when I think it was like week two of doing cold brew, which is actually week 
two of being open. <laughs> <laughs> Started doing cold brew the first day we were open, and somebody was drinking it, and they were standing there, and I'll never forget them. They were like, man, I wish I could get this on the west side. You should bottle this and put it in the Merc or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like two weeks later, I had bottles in the Merc. That's smart, wow. yeah. yeah. And like, what a change, because that yeah. helped put you on the map. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, like, it's, it's such, you can pinpoint these moments of like, oh, that was, I'm so glad I had that flame to go, that fire to go, because right. had I not Spark. taken that opportunity, yeah, yeah. then eh, maybe still to get in there, it would take a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like how wide do you, I mean, you distribute your, your cold brew, you go to, what's the furthest you got, Kansas oh, City? Yeah, or? Like Actually, Colorado, right? Colorado, yeah, right? Yeah, actually, oh, we right. got Colorado. some out in Denver, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy. You still thinking you're expand even further than that? You got Yeah. Um been working on new products. Yeah. That's that has been one of the challenges over the years is everything we have right now has to be refrigerated. So mm-hmm. shipping refrigerated is five times as much yeah. as not. And also just getting you know, if it's not shelf stable, meaning that it can't just sit out at mm-hmm. room temperature, then it makes it way, way harder to get into stores mm-hmm. and um, so anyway, so I've been working on products that are either shelf stable or yeah have a longer shelf life to to be able to go to a big, go to bigger markets to go to markets outside of Kansas City. Put it that way. Right. Well, yeah. we kind of ride on that too because everybody does want it shelf stable, which kind of makes sense because it sits in grocery stores forever. But that's kind of everything we're against. Yeah. yeah. Which is preservatives yeah. and chemicals yeah. and stuff like that. So trying to find like clean organic ways of preserving the product to make it shelf stable so really mm-hmm. taking but that again you get it, more research yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah of course. it's only taken me four years wow. <laughs> <laughs> well and then those things you know you add those little preservatives and they change the flavor so mm-hmm. it's like scratch it that doesn't mm-hmm. i don't care if it's organic i can taste it it's out mm-hmm. yeah so it's been a lot of trial and error and a lot of researching on ben's part and, but for the greater good, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. Well, we did get some questions from our audience. We've got two kind of arenas to talk about. So first one, um, how does someone get started with roasting coffee? How do you get beans? Is there home equipment that's worth looking into? And ultimately, is it even worth it to roast beans at home? Yeah. Um, so this is an area that I'll admittedly, I don't have a whole lot of personal experience with. I've, I've heard a lot through the grapevine over the years, but um, I know there's like Sweet Maria's is a great uh, resource online for green coffee and, and information and all that. Um, I know a lot of people have started out messing around with like popcorn roasters. Um and again, you're much better off going to Sweet Maria's or some other <laughs> online source for that. And that's really a cool thing about coffee in the last five years and the internet. It's, it's just blown up. You can get any information you possibly want. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, roasting, I mean, home roasting, again, not a lot. But uh, there is a lot of good um, resources around here. Uh, there's also about the coffee in Kansas city mm-hmm. about the coffee is they start out mostly, I think as a equipment repair company for people like ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've expanded. They have, um, a really nice facility there in Kansas city where mm-hmm. they do all sorts of classes that I think are open to the public or mm-hmm. anybody in the industry for that matter. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, anything from Q grading to, to roasting to, mm-hmm just how to be a barista or they got, I don't even, a just plethora cupping of classes. and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah Any, anything you want to learn, you can yeah. learn there with them. Um, so that'd be a great resource for anybody looking for 
to get into roasting. Um, and, and then uh, we had another uh, another audience question here, a little more technical. It goes, uh, so when making a pour over, why do I need to keep the water level? Why can't I just dump all the water in and you know, just do it in three small pours? And even further on that, he goes in and saying, asking, you know, why does ratio even matter with a pour over since the water is all funneling through the beans rather than suspending the beans like a French press? As far as ratio goes, that's important just to um, keep your, your concentration. Um, so obviously, if, you're, if you have too much water to coffee, it's going to taste thin. If you have too, much, you know, too little water, it's going to taste too thick and syrupy and, and have off-putting qualities like being too whiny or something like mm. that. Um, so ratio is, uh, really key that also, um, you know, your ratio can change based on your, your water hardness though. So mm -hmm. if you have super hard water, it's going to have more minerals in it, which is going to pull more out of the coffee quicker. Um, so you'll actually get more out of the coffee with less water, mm -hmm. if you will. So, so there's a lot of variables that can go in there. It's, it's really like people come in and ask what we do specifically and it, I can tell you, and it'll give you a rule of thumb, but it might not be, it, it won't taste the same when you do it at home. Right. But, um, and then he was saying, uh, um, why is it important to keep it level? Why yeah. can't you just pour it all in at once? Right. Um, so there is multiple ways to do it. It's just a matter of how you want to set it up. And the way we do ours, it's a, it's a continuous pour. And I have the grind size set to where the, the water flows out at the same speed that we pour it in. Okay. Um, and basically what happens there is uh, the water backs up enough to where it creates a buffer layer over the coffee bed. Mm. And that buffer layer protects the coffee from actually getting hit directly by the stream of water, which eliminates the agitation. So at that point, we're only extracting with temperature and time. He was asking, yep. um, you could do multiple pours. You could do, that's called a pulse pour. Mm -hmm. um, you could do that, but you would just have to adjust how your grind setting is set up. And the reason also, another reason why I like to do the buffer layer and eliminate the agitation is for one, it creates a really consistent product. Like when we agitation is really hard to recreate the same exact way every single time. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, uh, creates consistency in that way. And then also by being under a constant pressure and temperature and time like that, um, I think we get way more oils out of the coffee. I think when you do what they call that pulse pour, as soon as that water drains out of the coffee, the, the, coffee bed itself drops like 20 or 30 degrees in temperature pretty much instantly. Mm -hmm. So by keeping it under that constant hundred, well, should be 195 to 205. Um, it pulls as much as you possibly can out of the coffee. <laughs> That's a question we always like to ask you guys too. So Joni, I'll ask you if you were to make sure. only one baked good oh, for, like know, a year. for a year, That's it? what, it, yeah. yeah, what, it, what is your go-to? Like you could eat it, you could eat it. All, all year and, and be happy. Well, and everything bagel. And everything bagel. <laughs> no question. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love bagels. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with bagels in New York. Oof. And I've been, yeah, I love them. I can make, I eat them almost every day now for lunch. Mm -hmm. Like, I love them. I know it's not a sweet one, but mm -hmm. I yeah. think that for sure. Other than that, if I had to pick a sweet treat, probably the signature chocolate cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Ben? So, what would you, I guess, out of the baked goods, what's your. Oh. What, make you. 
Can Not my, the flat top. Can though? I pick my like top three or? Fine. <laughs> yes, that sure. will yeah. help our marriage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to affect that. So yeah, yeah. Here, top, top three. Oh, it's tough. Um, the nut job is something that I struggle to go without the granola bar because mm. I'm just that's constantly true. hungry and always skipping meals, and that's like super sustainable, but it tastes good. Um, and then as far as sweet treats, oh man. I think um, cinnamon roll. He always wants cinnamon rolls. I, I do, but I. You know? No, he doesn't want to say it. Well, I'm just trying to think. If I had to go like a year without anything else, it would probably be your traditional pie. Aww. With uh, either your apple pie. I was, apple. I was really trying to think of which which fruit which filling fruit? I would want. <laughs> <laughs> but just that crust, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. probably my favorite. How about coffee wise? What is is pour over your your go to, or is you are you cold brew now or yeah i mean every single morning i get up and i have actually have a kegerator back in the office at the house now (laughs) and so i I just have cold brew on tap at all times Um, so yeah no i usually start out every day with like it's ridiculous with like four or six ounces of concentrate and then just a little bit of milk in there and then just sip on that all morning long pretty much look i would want a clever (laughs) every day that's what i get now every day as a clever do you guys have a favorite place to eat in Lawrence that's not alchemy? We love Mexicozito. They've got great tacos. Okay. And um, they have other good stuff too, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I like their salsas and stuff. Mm-hmm. We do So we do that fairly often. Um, we'll hit up Zinzir on Encore mm-hmm. fairly mm-hmm. often Classics. as well. Yeah. Um, usually we're trying to appease children. Yeah, because we have two that are eight and nine, Ooh, and yeah. so that does dictate where we go. If it was just us dating, whoo, that might be a little different. But you know, like, so um, we hit limestone just, a lot. We go to limestone yeah. a lot. I was super excited about opening the new show. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah great, great pizza, great yeah. crust. Um, I mean, really, I can't say enough about the food scene in Lawrence. Though. Yeah, I mean, right. it's been this really great experience to be kind of stuck in one spot. And, mm-hmm. and so many of us that live here in this community are like-minded, which is fantastic. Um, just open and supportive mm-hmm. and all the challenges that the country is facing right now. I feel like we have this little pocket here, which is wonderful. Yeah. And a lot of like international people with the university coming mm-hmm. through, which is mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard to say what our favorite is because we just love food. We, yeah. Love, yeah. we yeah. love going to restaurants. We go <laughs> yeah. everywhere pretty much. Oh gosh, really. Nagoya. Yeah. It's fantastic sushi. Oh, yeah. I don't want to yeah. tell anybody because then they'll just, but I mean, they're getting busy, it's, it's but they're back there, yeah. so good. Great yeah. quality, mm-hmm. great quality fish. And the family that owns it, we know them. They're very, nice very mm-hmm. hardworking. Awesome. oh something else i wanted to make sure that we talked about um is that you guys are available for you know special orders for weddings for cakes for whatever occasion people could want um catering gigs stuff like that so um just wanted to make sure we put it out there so everyone knows it's a possibility because who wouldn't want an alchemy Aww. cake at their event you know Aww, your cakes look yeah. really great i mean is that something too thanks. that you just kind of developed you know just kind of played with and yeah. figured out how to decorate all that yeah they're that? beautiful yeah. Yeah. thanks <laughs> thanks i've been going through like a total I this is just how I'm wired I'm a perfectionist who's completely insecure constantly which is why you're a perfectionist I think you know what I mean and so the cakes like I want to decorate them so badly but I don't know like I don't really like how any of them are decorated and I have things to do so I don't want to sit there for four hours and make you know I don't know like fondant things and stuff like that like I have a lot happening so I just don't have the patience for it really if that's all it, if it was just a cake shop and then I would probably get more into that sort of stuff but 
Um, now I'm getting into a lot of dried botanicals. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I use is edible in a way that you're not going to get poisoned and die, but it might not necessarily be the best tasting thing in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, not that it would taste bad, but it would just not break down yeah, more. Yeah. Um, but so I'm kind of getting into that. I'm really liking that a lot, actually. Just mm. the just the super organic botanical, you know, flattened flowers or, you know, rose heads and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, mm. But it's just kind of, it's just trial by fire. I mean, as yep. I'm making the cake, I always get it set up just right. And then I go, okay, now I got to decorate it. I'm either going to screw it up or it's going to be good. <laughs> and you don't know until you start, you know, it's like yeah. painting a mm-hmm. picture, like out of nowhere, you don't have anything set. So you're just kind of painting, you want to see how it goes. And sometimes it's like dynamite, you know, and most of the time it's okay. It's, <laughs> you know? it's just in, to me. Let's clarify. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's just okay in your head. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone else Every that. single time. Okay, that's I'm good. Like, that's that good, looks good, incredible. Yeah. And she's always like, eh, it's okay. okay. <laughs> it could be better. It could be better. But, but that's how I keep getting better too. You know, yeah. I definitely want to stand out in a way that people want though. It mm-hmm. doesn't really matter if you're standing out if people don't want to buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you <laughs> know? True. So yeah. I'm trying to do that in a way that it appeals to the public. And like every kind I mean what I really actually love about our shop is that we get a huge gamut of people. Like the entire mm-hmm. board. We'll mm-hmm. get little kids that love to come in and eat like a donut or something all the way to like eighty year olds that come in and they like to sit and have their coffee and eat their breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so we'll get and and it's like you know, um, highly educated people to just more, you know, normal blue collar people. Like mm-hmm. we get this whole range. It's like, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I want my cakes to appeal to that. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thing to ask for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's okay. yeah. Um, so, you know, thanks again guys for joining us today. It's been really, really great talking yeah. with you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so for everyone listening, you know, you can check out Alchemy. You're at 816 uh, Mass Street, right? And mm-hmm. right here in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys can get, uh, let's see, obviously you got a great Instagram page to follow where you can see all can. your new goods. That's yeah. We definitely keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're on Facebook and, and all that. So, but mm-hmm. then you have a website where you can order, right, coffee. your coffee. Yeah, you can order yep. coffee, merchandise, all that fun Merchandise. Yeah. And obviously you can do that at the store as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you can get in touch about catering or cakes. Yeah, or... any private orders um, through the website, which is um, alchemyks.com. You can go there. You can submit a form through that that will shoot to my email um, mm-hmm. if you're looking to book something. But really easily, you can just call the shop, and they have um, all the baristas and the uh, other assistants I have know just to fill out a request sheet. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way to do it because my schedule, I get booked up really quick, and if I can work it in, I will, but... It's not a guarantee, so it's mm-hmm. always better just to call the shop and try to get yeah. that special order in. Yeah, cool. You, you even mentioned be open to rent, renting, it, like hosting stuff at your at your shop too yeah. when you're not open and all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the venue, you know, it, that's a great is, space. Is, yeah, <laughs> it's really and it's classic again, you know, yeah. kind of that feel. And um, we've had a handful of people reach out about mostly um, engagement parties. And then there's been a couple like uh, you know professors will have their yearly what have you and mm-hmm. companies having their yearly parties. Yeah, and we stuff. actually got a couple yeah. company holiday parties coming up. So. Oh yeah, that's awesome. yeah. So that space is always open, and it's, we of course can cater, but we're not opposed to like having food brought in too if you want more like you know dinner food yeah. or mm-hmm. I mean I don't know it's it's like everything we're open to it yeah. and you know of course <laughs> yeah. we want to make it happen and if we can figure out a way to do it we will. We so. will yeah. yeah. That's great. And then, yeah, your cold brew, obviously, is everywhere, everywhere. too. I think I read somewhere in over 90 locations or something like that. Is that yeah. About right? Yeah. At times it's been up around there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, I always, 
always like going to the stores and be like, oh, they're, they're, out, there. they're there. <laughs> <laughs> they're here somewhere yeah. in Kansas City or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah totally. So, yeah. So, thanks again, guys. It's uh, really been great kind of learning about everything you've been up to. You guys are really pushing it. Aw, <laughs> thank, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having asking. Us. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Lawrence Fork in Kansas. We had a great time chatting with Ben Farmer and Joni Alexander Farmer from Alchemy. If you're liking what we're doing with this podcast and want to help support us, we have created a Patreon page where you can do just that. Check it out at patreon.com slash Kansas and help us keep highlighting the amazing food scene here in Lawrence. Yeah, and Patreon allows us to do some pretty cool things by having different perks, you know, for different tiers of support. And, uh, you know, for example, you know, $1 a month gets you a sticker and, you know, who doesn't like a sticker? <laughs> um, and so, and, and then we have even cooler things at higher tiers and uh, I think probably the biggest thing too that Patreon allows us is it's kind of a, gives you guys access to behind the scenes content, creates, we can create kind of a community comment board. Uh, and, you know, way to connect everyone that listens to the show and, uh, you know, kind of create our own little, a little, uh, food loving community here in Lawrence. Um, but then again, if you can't donate monetarily, uh, you know, please just help us spread the word about our podcast by sharing it with your friends, coworkers, strangers on Mass Street. Literally anyone. Literally anyone. If you just spread the word, we, we would really appreciate it because, uh, you know, we've, we've gotten pretty good reception on this, on this podcast and we're just happy to meet and, uh, and hear from every, all the other people in Lawrence that are just as curious as us about the, the food scene as we are. Um, so also another uh, thing that you can do to, um, you know, help us kind of spread the word is to subscribe to our podcast and leave ratings. That helps more people find us. Um, and you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And if you didn't know we're on social media, you can follow us on Facebook at Lawrence Forking Kansas, Instagram at Lawrence Forking Kansas, and Twitter at Lawrence Forking. And uh, feel free, you know, like Kristen just said, find, find our pages, like it, subscribe, comment on it. We love hearing questions, too, and, and suggestions, too, of places you want to hear from. And if you are a restaurant or food business owner here in town and you're interested in coming on the show, please just reach out to us on social media or you can email us at lawrenceworkingkansas at gmail.com and let us know. We are always looking for new people to talk to and would love to talk to you. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.